Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why this canyon is so famous, because a photographer by the name of Peter Lick was in the canyon years ago, taking photographs of this light beam, and it kind of looked like a phantom. Mm -hmm. So it's called Peter Lick's Phantom. And he subsequently sold that photo... In 2014, for $6.5 million. So far, the most expensive photo ever sold. Six and a half million. Okay, we have some pretty good photos of Elohim. I know, and I'm, I'm thinking saying. like, we're, we, we're having a sale, actually. It's <laughs> what we wanted to tell all the listeners. We we have a couple of photos that are going for $6.2 million. It's and, a deal. And then there's a whole bunch of photos that are just a million each. And there's no limit to that. You can buy as many of those as you want. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Let us know. Bargain basement. Let us know. This is the Dear Bob and Sue podcast, stories of our journey to all the U.S. national parks and other public lands. I'm Karen Smith. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm Karen Smith. <laughs> Who wrote the script? <laughs> are you are you gonna are you Matt's go ahead okay. you do the Matt. And I'm Matt Smith. We are the authors of the Dear Bob and Sue series of books. The Southwest is full of spectacular slot canyons, and none more famous and photographed than Antelope Canyon. On today's episode, we're switching gears from public lands to private lands, featuring the otherworldly Antelope Canyons on the Navajo Reservation. Many of you have already visited the upper and lower slot canyons as part of the Navajo Tribal Parks Guided Tour, but did you know that there are two other Antelope Canyons to explore? We'll tell you all about those. Explain what sets each canyon apart from the other and let you know some changes that have been made to the upper and lower canyon tours. Plus details about accessing the canyon, when's the best time to go, and what you're allowed to bring with you. All this and more coming up next. We are just back from a, what, 4,000-mile road trip to... 4,000 miles. I know, that's a lot. Yep. Uh, to northern Arizona and some parts of southern Utah. So I think we finally, what, in the last two days, we got 17 loads of laundry done and the truck cleaned out. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, that Utah dirt gets into every crack and crevice. 
I might just, the next time I buy a truck, I'm just going to buy one that's the color of that red Utah dirt and northern Arizona dirt. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So it always looks clean. And you know what else gets into every crack and crevice? Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Were you able to get the red wax out? We have a new no red wax cheese policy (laughs) in my truck. I feel bad about that. I was opening and eating those uh, Baby Bell little round cheeses that have the red wax around them. And I wasn't thinking, and I dropped the red wax into the little... um, what what do you call that on the it's a map pocket <laughs> map. not a trash hole it's not a trash hole okay. in my truck <laughs> so i dropped them in there you know thinking i would clean them out later but what i didn't realize was that every time we got out of the truck and and shut the doors and went on a hike the temperature would get so hot that the red wax melted yeah i knew that yeah cuz i'm <laughs> cleaning it out every day <laughs> With my fingernails, yeah. I'm going to get one of those trailers. We're, we're going to get a travel trailer, not, not to camp in or spend the night. You're riding in it <laughs> on these trips. You're riding in the back. No, I, I just... You can throw your trash anywhere you want. I just need a dedicated trash holder. That's what I need. Okay. So, you know, maybe for Christmas or Valentine's Day. Oh, you want somebody Day. to get you one? What, you. you, you no, that didn't go well the last time I got you a functional gift. Remember Valentine's Day when I bought you the toilet? How could and I ever forget? I'm still getting shit for that. <laughs> can I say that on our podcast? You could say that. Okay. You mean because I told no, not, everyone on, on Facebook yeah, not, and I'm Instagram. Not, I am not falling for it. <laughs> I have seen, though, there's those big trash cans that people put on the back of their trucks. I think, is that called a trash There's those- a trash If I get a trash will you use it? Well, I don't know. Will it be in the front seat at my feet? That's no. where I need it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you just hold your trash? We stop for gas like every... 45 minutes and you just throw it away. All right. I will work on that. So, but I do promise no more red cheese wax in the, in the map pocket. Good. I'm going to make a little audiogram of that (laughs) sentence and play it for you about 10 times a day for the rest of your life. Like I hear about the Valentine's day toilet. All right. It's a deal. Anyway, we had a great trip. We visited. It was kind of a a whirlwind. We did a loop starting in Sedona, did a big loop ending back in Sedona, and we visited four national parks, five other National Park Service sites, uh, three national forests, a state park, a couple of Bureau of Land Management sites, and several Navajo tribal parks. This whole trip started... Gosh, it started maybe eight or nine years ago. We we had gone to the Antelope Canyons, both the upper and lower. We visited those, and then we shared our photos, uh, incredible photos of those canyons. And my sister had seen those, and ever since she saw those photos, she said, oh, we, we have to go there together. And so 
We finally got a trip together. COVID kind of slowed us down a little bit, but we figured as long as we're in the area, we would add a bunch of other stops to it. So we had, what, was it five, six, seven days driving around the uh, Southwest? Seven days. Yeah. We packed a lot into it, but it was amazing and they loved it. Most of these places they had never seen before. You know, I think it might be fun to do a podcast episode about that entire um, circle tour. Right. Right. <laughs> that itinerary we did turned out to be a really good loop through northern Arizona, southeastern Utah. And so maybe we'll do a podcast on that loop and all the places we hit because I think it's a it would be a good itinerary for people to repeat and see a lot of different types of natural wonders. Right. It was a huge variety. And every single thing we did was different and amazing. But today, the amazing thing we're going to talk about are the Antelope Canyons. We're going to be talking about several of them. There, there are more than just the two, the upper and the lower. Uh, now, these are Navajo tribal parks. They are on Navajo land. These canyons are very, very sacred to the Navajo people. They were closed to visitors for about 16 months due to COVID, and now they've they've reopened, not full capacity, which is kind of nice because they're a little less crowded, but they reopened in July of this year, 2021. They had told us in, at one of them that uh, the Navajo Tribal Parks Council told them to be at 50% capacity, but one of them voluntarily uh, took it all the way down to 25%. So Mm -hmm. a little less crowded these days. Uh, One thing we should mention too, just so we don't forget, there is a mask mandate in place to visit anywhere on the Navajo Nation. So if you are interested in visiting these canyons, just know that you do have to wear a mask the entire time. Yeah. And of course, as we're recording this, it's fall of 2021. So if you're listening to this in 2035, which I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> will be, they'll be asking, what, what's COVID and what are they talking about? So, so let's start at the beginning. Where are the Antelope Canyons? They are in northern Arizona, just outside the town of Page. Yeah, about as far north as you can go in Arizona, because they're right, right there on the border. They're slot canyons. And these slot canyons, they're formed over millions of years, primarily due to water rushing through the cracks in the rocks and making the canyon bigger and bigger. And this area where the the canyons are, most of it's sandstone. So it's the rock isn't as hard as, let's say, granite or others. It's a little bit softer. And so that's what allows the erosion to take place. And really incredible formations when you go into the slot canyons. They are. Now, if you've never been in one before, basically you're hiking through a passageway where the canyon walls come down and they're very close together. Yeah, sometimes the opening is so narrow that you have to turn sideways to get through it. And in some cases... There isn't even enough room for your feet, so you have to put your feet on the walls, kind of crab walk across the <laughs> rock formation. That's always my favorite thing to do, uh, and it just looks so good on those videos that you take. I don't think it could possibly be more awkward. Um, now, we've also been in some slot canyons where there are large obstacles in the way, right in the middle of the uh, passageway that you're walking through, like huge boulders. Oftentimes, those require some butt-boosting from a friend. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or you're making new friends. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I, I know better. Fortunately, the Antelope Canyon tours don't require any scrambling or butt boosting. They don't. But like other slot canyons, they're constantly changing over time. 
every time a flash flood goes through these canyons, it changes it in some way. So they are always in a state of flux. As, yeah, they're as changing. And yeah. and yeah, we visited them, like we said, uh, what, eight years ago and... They looked a little bit different when we went back this year. They did. And also, the other thing we're going to talk about is they have changed a lot about the upper and lower canyon tours uh, as far as where you enter, where you go out. So we'll be talking about all that as well. Yeah. So this would be useful for people who have visited these canyons before. Things have changed. So you'll get some new information if you're thinking about going back. That's right. One of the guides told us they are named Antelope Canyon because apparently back in the day, herds of antelopes used to cross the Colorado River and, and come up through these canyons. That's before the Glen Canyon Dam was there. And so that little area there would just be the Colorado River. And so they could cross the river and come up into Navajo land. The Antelope Canyons sit on this long wash that runs for many, many miles, and then this wash drains into Lake Powell. So currently, there are four different sections of Antelope Canyon that you can explore. Three of them you can only explore as part of a Navajo guided tour. Right. And you'll see somewhere that it's the canyon's 30 miles long. Other places will say it's 23 miles long. Anyway, it's it's roughly kind of in that range of length, but it starts up. So let's start at the at the beginning at mm -hmm. Canyon X, the official beginning of the canyon. Right. That's the furthest to the south. Now, Canyon X is the least known of, of these canyons, and they have only had it open for tours for about five years. We first found out about it and explored it in January of 2020 when we were staying in Page to visit the Wave. And Canyon X is a little bit further from town, but it's still not that far. It's maybe 15, 20-minute drive down the highway to get to the entry point. The Canyon X tour is probably the shortest of all the tours. It is an hour and a half. Uh, I guess when I say shortest, I mean the, um, the canyons are the smallest. Or in, the in, in least, length in, the, in length in, in length mm -hmm. yeah I don't know but you do on the Canyon X tour you go through two different canyons I thought it was every bit as spectacular as the upper and lower I did too now it costs uh, tickets to visit Canyon X cost thirty dollars and that is for a ninety minute tour they also have a three hour photo tour that costs about a hundred dollars that you can do and spend longer in there and and take more photos. And they also let people who do that photo tour take tripods, which you can't on just the regular tour. So you get a little bit more time. You're able to uh, set up your tripod. So if you want longer exposures, let's say. So yeah, that that's also available. Now, when you drive out to Canyon X and you turn off the highway, you meet up in this big parking area and they have their... Um, you know, their kiosk where you get out and you sign your waivers. Now, when we did it in 2020, they took us in a van down to the entrance of the canyons, but that was before COVID. And so now they let everyone drive their own vehicle down. I don't know. What would you say, Matt? That's maybe two miles or so? Yeah, it's, it's not very far. We, yeah. we kind of panicked a little bit when we got there because there were absolutely no cars in the parking <laughs> area. And I thought maybe, you know, they were closed for the day or we misunderstood our time. But don't be worried if that happens do you because what they do is they have a pilot car pilot van that that leads you back to another parking area so 
as cars come in and it's their time to take the tour, all the cars go off. And, and so you might get there in the middle of the day and there's no cars. That's that's okay. Don't worry about that. That's right. Now, once you get back to the canyon entrance and you park your vehicle, you do have to walk down a hill. They've put some shallow steps on one side and then the other side is just sand that you're walking down so you can choose. And it's not strenuous. So, I mean, you have to take your time and if you're challenged with walking, especially uphill, I think most people will be just fine. You can mm-hmm. rest a couple times on your way back out of it. So anyway, don't let that throw you. And once you get to the mouth of these two canyons, the south and the north, then you, you walk straight in on ground level and there are no more descents or ascents once you get in. I think they did a really good job because all of the Navajo guides have walkie-talkies. And as they're leading different groups down there, They are talking to each other about, I'm going into the South Canyon and I'm going into the North Canyon. So they keep the tour groups separated. That's right. It does feel like, even though that you know there's multiple tours going through the canyons at the same time, you you kind of feel like it's just you and your group. We were in a group of what, eight eight of us? Mm -hmm. So there were four of us and four other folks that we didn't know. But it kind of felt like just the eight of us were the only ones in the canyon the whole time. And our our young Navajo guide, his name was Gabriel, and he was wonderful, as all of these tour guides are. One thing I love is when we first visited eight years ago, we had a digital camera, but now we just use our cell phone cameras. So he was giving photo tips to all of us about our cell phone cameras and how to take these photos. And I have to say, we learned so many things that we had no idea about. Stuff stuff we should have learned the day we actually got our phones. But uh, yeah, (laughs) thank you, Cabe, for for helping improve our photos. Uh And I love it too, because as we walked through, he pointed out very photogenic spots. He also would take our camera and take photos of us standing in certain areas. So it it was really great from a a photo perspective. Yeah, you get a bonus, the photo tips. And it moves at a very relaxed pace. Um, So the reason it is called Canyon X, there are a few X shapes throughout the canyon. There is one, as soon as you walk into the North Canyon and you look up, there is an X opening that, you know, you're looking up at the sky and that's really cool. And then in the South Canyon at the very back where it dead ends, you're in like almost like this grotto area and there is a big X crack on that wall. So that's why they, uh, that's why they've called the Canyon Canyon X. Yeah. We should tell people also that there's no bags allowed. I mean, really you can't take anything down there. I mean, you can take a bottle of water, you can take your phone or your camera, no tripods, no monopods, even really close to the body, like fanny packs are not allowed. Yeah, no purses. No purses. Um, so these these slot canyons were beautiful. Some squeezes to kind of maneuver through, some incredible lighting, just absolutely beautiful. The walls of the canyon, at least of Canyon X, I don't know, they were maybe anywhere from 75 feet to 200 feet high, depending on where you are in the canyon. That causes the light to reflect off the walls as it's coming down into the canyon. And that also creates just interesting shadows, interesting colors in the rock. Uh, they, they told us about some of the geology, what's in the rocks that's causing the light to reflect. And so anyway, it's just a, just a really fascinating place and really unlike any other places we've been. We've been in a lot of slot canyons that were similar but these three canyons, we'll talk about Canyon X, 
upper antelope and lower antelope, they're, they're all unique and different than really anything we've experienced before. That's right. And one of the nice things about Canyon X, it is not as well known and not as popular as the other two. So if you cannot get reservations ahead of time for upper or lower canyons, if you find yourself in Page, give this one a try because I think they usually have openings for people to visit um, and it's well worth it, especially if you can't get into the other two. So one more thing I wanted to say about this is that Gabriel was telling us stories about how he grew up there. This land that this Canyon X is on belongs to his aunt, and he grew up playing there as a kid in these canyons. Can you imagine? What an amazing playground. Great place to grow up. (laughs) That's right. We played in some ditches in Kansas, and he's playing in slot canyons in Arizona. So one thing we just might mention is the Navajo land ownership. Yeah, We've asked uh, many Navajo this question, do they own the land or is it all owned by the Navajo Nation? Essentially, it goes like this. A family or an individual has a permit for a track of land within the reservation. So it's kind of their form of ownership. That permit can be passed down from generation to generation. But from a practical standpoint, it's their land. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't really feel like they own it. Matter of fact, we had a Navajo ranger guide at the Hubble Trading Post, which is another place we stopped on our on our trip. And his comment to us was, the Navajo believe you can't own the land, the land owns you. Mm-hmm. But, it, but all of these canyons had a real family feel. The family was working, working the tours. They they felt a lot of ownership in making sure that the tours were just absolutely best for for the guests and the customers. And it did have a mom and pop feel to it. Well, it did. And when Gabriel took us back up to the top at the end, uh, we met his mom. His mom was yeah. working there, <laughs> and she was delightful. She was telling us about how she she has a um, ranch and she raises cattle and sheep, and so it is very much a family affair. But yeah, it was just about five years ago that his aunt decided to open these canyons to the public and to arrange these tours for all of us. Yeah. And Gabriel's mom was making sure that Gabriel was was uh, on time. <laughs> so that's the joy of working with or for your mother. That's right. <laughs> Before we leave the topic of Canyon X, maybe a question people have who, who've never been to any of these canyons is like, which is the best? And if I'm only going to go to one and they're all a little different, there are incredible photo opportunities in all three of these canyons. Mm -hmm. And so if you have the time over a course of several trips or maybe one trip, they're all worth seeing. Definitely, definitely. So moving on to Upper Antelope Canyon, which is also called The Crack, This one is probably the most familiar to people. It's the most popular, and it's the most photographed slot canyon in the world. And it's been open the longest, and so Mm -hmm. so possibly that's one of the reasons why it's the most popular. It's also closer to town. So from Page, it's literally a five-minute drive instead of Canyon X is a 20-minute drive. And this officially became a Navajo tribal park in 1997. And it's known by the Navajo people as the place where water runs through the rocks. Which is a good description. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very apt. (laughs) You just don't want to be there when the water is running through the cracks. No, and we will be talking about that later on. And they do a fantastic job of of Mm -hmm. making sure that they don't do 
do tours at those times. Their priority is to keep their visitors safe. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Now, current ticket prices, and this is as of fall of 2021, current ticket prices are $77. Now, this particular tour sells out very far in advance. So if you're interested in this, you want to get your tickets online way ahead of time. It's probably the hardest of the three to get a ticket to. Definitely. So the way this one works is you meet in their general parking lot, and then they drive you to the canyon in an open air tour truck that takes about 20 minutes each way to get there. Yeah, it's not a very long drive, but they're going slow. Now, on this particular one, they allow one backpack per family. So The rules for each canyon are different. When you sign up online, they're going to give you all the rules of what you can bring and how long it lasts and all that, all that, you know, some of them in Canyon X, we were allowed to take videos and in the lower canyon, we weren't. So every canyon has different rules that you'll want to check out. And of course, they'll tell you about it. And and they change over time. So again, if if you're listening to this five years after we've recorded it, Mm -hmm. be sure to check the websites because the rules change over time for a variety of reasons. Now, this tour also lasts 90 minutes. However, 40 minutes of that is the driving time to and from the canyon. Once you get to the canyon on this open air tour truck, you walk right in at ground level, just like you do at Canyon X. Right, and the tour through the canyon itself, it's not that long, it's maybe 100 yards, um, and the walls there are 100, 120 feet high. It's flat and easy, but they've added a new walk back to the trucks. When we did it back in 2013, we entered the slot, you know, at ground level, went all the way through to the end, and then our tour guide turned us around and we went back the same way, which was really nice because then we were able to take photos from two different directions. And of course, things look different depending on your orientation. However, they have changed that now. I don't know when they changed it, and I don't know if this is a COVID change, but based on the structures they've built, it's definitely a permanent change. Yeah, it probably is a permanent change, and it makes it makes sense because the old system, you kind of are swimming upstream mm-hmm. against the new people coming into the canyon. So it's one way. You enter, you go through the canyon. Out the back, you keep going in that direction. There's a hike. It's it's not strenuous, but you're hiking essentially around the canyon back to the trucks where you came in. They say on the website that, you know, it involves stairs and sand and ramps. Your total walking time is three quarters of a mile. So this hike used to be very accessible to people because you literally walked in and walked out. Now it's more strenuous. So just a note, if you have any accessibility issues, it has changed. They have a video on their website of what this outside trek looks like now. So if you're interested, you could watch the video and see. We'll put the links to all three websites on our show notes. Yep. So mm-hmm. you can go to those and like Karen said, you can see the video of the walk, the three quarter mile walk. It's not strenuous, but it certainly is a little bit more difficult than just walking on flat sand back to the truck. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more note we should say, and they also say this on the website, is you need to arrive early for these tours. You don't show up at your tour time. You show up at least a half an hour early. And I believe one of them, I think it was this one, said 45 minutes early. Yeah, you don't want to roll in two minutes before um, or certainly two minutes after because the truck might be gone. They've got to keep people moving. They do. And you have to sign some waivers and, and that kind of thing. So it does take a little extra time. So Upper Antelope Canyon is famous for its light beams, these beams of light that come down and filter into the canyon. And because it's a slot canyon, so the walls are narrow, these beams of light come through just right at the crack at the top and at certain times of the day. And of course, this all changes by time of year, right? Because the sun's at different angles at different times. But there are certain times of the day where light is shining directly down into the canyon in in certain spots. And if you're there during that time, you have some unique photo opportunities because, well, (laughs) sometimes it naturally occurs that there's dust in the air or sand in the air and it kind of catches the beams of light. But if there's not, your guide will... And now they'll explain that they're doing this. And and so you get ready to take the photos. They will toss sand in the air so that it captures the beam of light. And it usually creates interesting shapes. And The heavier sand settles quickly. And then the dust that's left behind creates these white, I don't know, almost ghostly looking images. And, and matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why this canyon is so famous. Because a photographer by the name of Peter Lick was in the canyon years ago taking photographs of this light beam, he got this interesting shape with the with the particles of dust hitting the light beam, and, and it kind of looked like a phantom. Mm-hmm. So it's called Peter Lick's Phantom. And he subsequently sold that photo <laughs> in 2014 for $6.5 million. So far, the most expensive photo ever sold. So Matt, $6.5 million. Okay, we have some pretty good photos of I know. I know. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, we're, we, we're having a sale, actually, is what we wanted to tell all the listeners. We we have a couple of photos that are going for $6.2 million, It's and, a deal. And then there's a whole bunch of photos that are just a million each. And there's no limit to that. You can buy as many of those as you want. So, yeah. That's right. Well, Contact us at Matt and Karen Smith at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will set you up. In fact, for multiple photos, we'll even make a deal. Maybe like three for five million. We'll yeah, figure it out. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. depends if they're good ones. Yeah, uh, I have a nice one of the back of your head right in that light beam. 200,000 <laughs> for that. 200,000 for that one. <laughs> I have a couple of accidental photos of like my feet. Those would maybe be 30 or 40,000 each. So, okay, yeah. So, yeah, let us know. Bargain basement. Let us know. Yeah, so that is, I think that's all we had to say really about Upper Antelope Canyon. Moving on to Lower Antelope Canyon, which is about four and a half miles northwest of the Upper Antelope Canyon. 
if the upper Antelope Canyon is known as the crack, the lower Antelope Canyon is known as the corkscrew. The Navajo call this one spiral rock arches. And the reason for this is because as the water is going through upper Antelope Canyon, it's generally going in a straight line. It is curving a little bit, and that's why they call it the crack. But when it gets to lower Antelope Canyon, the top of the entrance of the slot canyon is more narrow and the water has a tendency to corkscrew and create uh, vortexes or vortices, however you say that, which causes the rock inside the canyon to be carved in kind of these swirly shapes. So this is one of the reasons why we say all of these canyons are just a little bit different. Going to the lower is not just like visiting Upper Antelope Canyon, but across the road, right? That's right. It's so interesting because when you first approach Lower Antelope Canyon, it is literally a crack in the ground that doesn't look like anything. You can't even it's, see. You, no. You wouldn't even notice that it's there's anything to to hike down into. No, it's amazing. So this canyon is all underground. I was trying to find when these canyons were first discovered. And there are a lot of different versions out there. But but the most popular one is that a young Navajo girl was herding her sheep back in the 1930s. And she saw this crack in the ground and realized that it led to something pretty cool. Well, even though it's underground, just so people know, it it's not like a cave in fact, when you're in there, it has a very similar feel to Canyon X or uh, Upper Antelope Canyon. It's a little tighter, but it's not like you're going to feel like you're trapped in there or anything. The guide said that sometimes people get a little bit claustrophobic in there, but it's not a cave. No, because you can always look up and see the sky. So for me, that makes a huge difference. Uh, now, Lower Antelope is the longest of the Slot Canyons. It's 1.1 miles in length. And to get down into it and to get back out of it, there are steep stairs. Um, and those are steep. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> close to uh, even calling them ladders. They're not mm -hmm. ladders. But look, they're not impossible to navigate. But you do have to pay attention. Right. And if you have knee issues and, and other th issues, you might want to think twice about this. They are so steep that I had to turn sideways and sidestep down them because the steps of the stairway are almost right below each other. Yeah. Um, almost right. like a ladder. Mm -hmm. Now, this particular canyon, uh, and this confused us a little bit, but now it makes sense now that we've been there. There are two different tour companies. One's Dixie's, one's Ken's. We found out they're actually brother and sister, <laughs> uh, but they do have two different parking lots. But uh, they sit right next to each they're other. They're right next to each other. The tours are identical. I, I didn't see any difference between how people were taken through the canyon or the experience. No, because the first time in 2013, there was only Ken's tours, and that's who we went with. And now his sister opened her own, again, right next door. And that's who we went with this time. But again, if you're online and trying to decide, I don't think it matters at all. No, I, I don't yeah. either. And, and on this one also, there are no backpacks. You can take a water bottle and your camera or phone, no tripods. Now, this particular tour, again, in the fall of 2021, cost $50. It's a 90-minute tour. And again, you should buy tickets ahead of time. Our Navajo tour guide for this particular tour was Chloe. I thought it was interesting that she introduced herself in the Navajo language. So part of that introduction, she she 
mentions her family clans, which is part of her name. So she talks about the four important clans where she came from. I know that was so fascinating. I had no idea about any of that. Chloe was wonderful. Uh, She was really professional and she was so enthusiastic about everything she showed us. In the past, people have complained about the crowds. And and I got to say, years ago when we did it, it was a little crowded. Mm There's quite a few people. But yeah, they've taken these tours down. Like we said, the Navajo Parks Council has mandated that they take the capacity down to 50% now that the uh, lower Antelope Canyon voluntarily has taken it down to 25%. We did not run into any other groups. Now, you can see them, and the mm. guides do a really good job of looking ahead, and, and the next tour group might be 20 feet ahead of you, but around the corner, but you kind of never see them. No, you don't. And Chloe told us that during their busy seasons before COVID, they would have 100 people an hour down there, and now there are only 25. So on our little tour group with Chloe, there were seven of us. And it was fantastic because she took her time with us. Again, like Gabe did, she set up photos for us. She took our photos. Um, So I think the difference of not having the crowds down there, it makes for such a better experience. Again, when we did this the first time, we went through the canyon and then turned around and came through the canyon again to exit where we entered. You don't do that on this one. You enter at the far end and you walk up. However, the guides do a great job of stopping every so many feet and pointing things out in the opposite direction where you came from. So you are getting the perspective and the photographs from both directions of the canyon. So you're not missing half of the half of the sights. That's right. And there are a lot of famous shots from that canyon. So for instance, there's the lady in the wind. That's a very famous figure in the rock there. So we got to see that one again. And then Chloe is pointing out all these shapes. There was There was a grizzly bear. There was an opening that looked like a seahorse. I think there was a rat. (laughs) (laughs) A laughing shark. And and she would offer to, to... take these photos for you if you couldn't quite get the angle or couldn't couldn't quite see it and take photos of you and your group so that you could be in them instead of trying to do selfies so yeah it was it was great there's also a couple of spots where famous screensavers have been photographed both a microsoft windows screensaver and an apple mm-hmm. screensaver that that were photographed and, and, and it is funny after we did these tours years ago then you're walking through airports and and flipping through magazines and every now and then you, you'll see a photograph and you know that it was taken in one of these canyons right. because it has such a unique look. Yeah, so Chloe pointed all those out to us. She even took our phones and took some of these photos for us because she knew exactly how to hold the phone and at what angle. So Lower Antelope Canyon does not have those shafts of light that come in like the upper, but it's known for its colors. It's vivid, uh, warm colors. Right. And there's also a a famous Peter Lick photo that was taken down there and of the lady in the wind. I think he sold that for like, I don't know, $6.4 million. Again, Peter like we're, Lick's done really yeah, well. We're with having Antelope. a sale on our lower Antelope King photos. I have a for, pretty sweet photo of lady in the wind. Yeah. It's uh, so if anyone's one, interested, like 1.5 million. Yeah. We'll make you a deal. Okay. Yeah. So they used to let people go down by themselves into this canyon before these Navajo tours were set up. And Chloe showed us this one point where there was a ladder 
that we climbed up and next to the ladder in the sandstone were these carved footholds. And she said, before ladders, people used to use those to go up and down in the canyon. Can you imagine? No, I I can't. I think um, we probably would have turned around at that point. Um, I was having trouble with that steep ladder going down. I can't even imagine trying to access that without the ladders and the stairways. Yeah, I don't know what the floor of the canyon was like way back then, but this is a V-shaped canyon. They actually put sand in the bottom of the canyon to create enough of a flat area for for people to walk mm-hmm. uh, and of course they have to redo this as as floods come through and, and wash the sand out that's right you know i would say personally that this lower antelope canyon was my favorite because it's so much longer than the others both both in length and in the time you're down there you're spending 90 minutes actually in the canyon i just think it's absolutely beautiful yeah i loved it too i couldn't say which of the three were my favorite. I I liked Mm -hmm. them all. Yeah, they're all very different and very unique. And one thing you have to keep in mind, and and the tour companies will track this for you so you don't have to worry, but you don't want to be in a slot canyon during inclement weather when there's thunderstorms in or around the area because flash floods do come through these canyons. Right. In monsoon season, I think they get them quite frequently. Matter of fact, there was a pretty famous flash flood back in August of 1997 and and August kind of August September is the monsoon season for the area and there was a cloudburst 15 miles away from Lower Antelope Canyon but even though it was 15 miles away when the water drained through the canyon it came through uh, Lower Antelope Canyon it was 11 foot wall of water and debris and it trapped 12 hikers in the canyon and really tragically 11 of those 12 died in that flash flood and you know back then they did not have the safety measure set up that they do now anyone could go down there with any guide so this particular incident in 1997 this tour was set up by a british company called trek america this was not a navajo tour Um, and at the time the canyon had very few restrictions so for a small fee Anyone could go down there, spend as much time as they wanted. It did not require a guide, and there was very little information provided to these people about the potential dangers of flash floods. And they only had a few ladders that were placed there. They were not bolted in. So since then, since since that incident in 1997, things have changed dramatically. Right. Really soon after that, uh, they put in restrictions and better safety features were installed. So that's not a fear people should be worried about but you know it, it is it is a caution for any slot canyon or any tight canyon you go in in the southwest uh mm-hmm. you don't want to be in there when when there's rain in the forecast no but of course the navajo tribal parks are paying very close attention to that and they have frequent evacuation drills where they practice getting people out quickly chloe told us they use the back stairs and the front stairs and they bring bring their family members down as as potential visitors to practice these drills. They have warning sirens. Again, I think that the safety level of these tours has gone way, way up. Yeah, a, a few weeks before we had been there, a flash flood came through. It wasn't, wasn't a big one, but it was enough that leaves water in the canyon and washes some of the sand off the floor out, out the backside of the canyon. And, and they go in and they they close the tours down for a few days or however long it takes. They scrub the walls. 
She said they have to bucket the water out of the canyon, replenish the sand on the floor if that's necessary in, in places so that there's a nice flat level area for people to walk. But yeah, that, that's got to be a lot of work for several days after a, a flash flood comes through. I can't even imagine. She said they, they stand on the rim at the top and they dump sand down into the canyon. And then, of course, they have to sweep it to where they want it to go. But yeah, it's a lot of work to keep this canyon accessible and safe for people. But it seems like... The Navajo tribal parks are doing a really good job. There is one other part of the canyon we'll talk about because sometimes people get confused when they hear Antelope Canyon. They're thinking about the Antelope Canyon that is right at the shore of Lake Powell. Yes, it is part of Antelope Canyon, but it's different than these three tours that we talked about. Right. So the Antelope Canyon at Lake Powell is part... Glen Canyon National Recreation Area. So it's a National Park Service site and it's part on Navajo land. Now, the way this this particular canyon is accessed is only by the water. So you have to take a kayak in, uh, you could row a rowboat, you could take a small motorboat, jet skis, but you you get yourself to the end of the water line, you park your (laughs) vehicle, and then you hike in the rest of the way. And because Lake Powell has dropped so much in recent years, it's really exposed this canyon before... This wasn't really a canyon so much as a cove, right? Right, Because the water was up higher. And and now that the water is down below, it has created this new place for people to go and see and hike. Now, if you're interested in doing this and you don't have your own boat, you can go to Antelope Point Marina, which is at the end of the road of of where you're accessing Lower Antelope Canyon. And you can rent a a boat, a kayak. These outfitters that rent those also do tours. If you don't feel comfortable going by yourself, you can join a tour that goes back there. I think it it ranges anywhere from a half day to a full day, depending on how long you want to spend in the canyon. I noticed uh, a post that somebody had done the other day. She had kayaked back there and she, she mentioned that because there's so much traffic, so much boat traffic that... There was a lot of waves, and it made, made it tough for the kayaks. Uh, we have not done this. I'd love to do it sometime, but I think I'd rather do it maybe off-season if there's such a thing. Yeah, unfortunately, it's gotten so popular, and uh, some of the visitors are not respectful of the land. They have left trash. They have left human waste. I saw a post in June. We follow Glen Canyon National Recreation Area on Instagram. And they had a post of three rangers who spent the day back there scrubbing graffiti off the walls and picking up human waste and trash, which, you know, is absolutely heartbreaking. Right. They, I think they said they removed or cleaned up over 500 square feet of graffiti back there. So it's a fragile environment. It, like anything literally that you leave behind is going to stay there. Yes. Like graffiti or human waste or, or trash. Yeah. And um, after spending time in, in Canyon X and upper and lower, and you talk to these Navajo guides and their respect for this land, which they consider sacred, and then you see this kind of behavior in our National Park Service site. I just think it's um, it's horrible right. and it's horrific. And I, I just hope that you know people can learn how to how to treat our public lands better. Okay, so when is the best time to go? 
You know, the website had a had very specific dates, which was kind of surprising. For Upper Canyon, if you want to see those light beams filtering into the canyon, you want to go between March 20th and October 7th. <laughs> very specific because they know the angle of the sun, mm-hmm. right? And really, I mean, the, the closer you can get to the summer solstice mm-hmm. and midday is the best because the sun will be more directly above the the openings above the canyon. That's right. And as far as the other two, I don't think it matters much. The only thing to keep in mind is it can get very hot in the summer. And so when you're walking to and from the canyons, if the heat is going to bother you, you might not want to do it in the summer. One more thing, if you only have one day in Page, you can do all three of these tours in one day if you want right, to. Right, if you get lucky enough to, to get all mm-hmm. the reservations at times that allow you to do that, it's they're, they're not so long or strenuous that you couldn't do all three. Right, and each is about 90 minutes. You want to give yourself some travel time, and as we said, you need to get there early for the tour, but you could absolutely schedule, schedule your day and do all three, and that is what we would recommend because... As we've said, they're all three so unique and so beautiful. Now, one of the great things about doing these tours is getting to know our guides. They're all, they were all Navajo and uh, they, they tell us about their lives and, and really hearing about not only what it's like living there and, and working on these, working at these sacred sites, but so, you know, some of their beliefs. We had a really great experience with a Navajo park ranger, like like we said, at the Hubble Trading Post. And he was uh, very generous to share a lot of the Navajo beliefs about the land and, and, and their relationship with the land. This particular guide, whose name was Alvis, he explained to us that the Navajo people believe they came from Mother Earth and Father Sky, and when they die, they'll return to Mother Earth. And so they have a very special relationship with, with the outdoors and with their land. They consider it all sacred. Alvis mentioned a, a Navajo prayer called Walk in Beauty, and when I got home, I looked it up, and it seemed especially relevant to these Antelope Canyons that we had just visited. So I will just read a section of it. I walk with beauty before me. I walk with beauty behind me. I walk with beauty below me. I walk with beauty above me. I walk with beauty around me. My words will be beautiful. In beauty, all day long, may I walk. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you'll have a chance to explore these incredible canyons for yourself. On our show notes, we'll post the links to where you can buy tickets. You can find those at www.thedearbobandsuepodcast.com. Matt has been tweeting up a storm lately, so please follow him on Twitter at Matt and Karen. You can also find us on Instagram at Matt and Karen Smith and on Facebook at Dear Bob and S. You know, Karen, it's been a while since you begged our listeners to leave ratings or a review on Apple Podcasts. What's up? I was just giving it a rest so people wouldn't get sick of hearing about it. But now that you mentioned it just off the top of your head, we're getting really close to my goal of 750. 
So if you all enjoyed our show, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. What if they didn't enjoy it? Well, then please disregard everything I just said. <laughs> and oh, and here's, here's the most important message. If you'd like to buy one of our Antelope Canyon photos, please email us at mattandkarensmith at gmail.com. We'll try to make a deal for you. <laughs> Let's make a deal. <laughs>